0: Hey there, welcome to the Podcast Manager Show. Thank you for tuning into this episode. I'm going to be chatting with Anne-Marie Tamrowski about the five must-have tools to use for podcast pitching. And if you're wondering, okay, wait a second, what is podcast pitching? Podcast pitching is whenever you are trying to get your client on other podcasts versus guest management is whenever we are bringing on guests to our client's show. So podcast pitching is something that Anne-Marie focuses on as a podcast manager, and she's going to share five must-have tools to use to make this a lot easier, because it can be mundane and hard (laughs) to do, very time-consuming, if you don't have the processes in place. So whether you're maybe a brand new podcast manager and you're trying to figure out what you want to offer or maybe you have a client that just asked you to do some podcast pitching for them, I think this episode's gonna give you some really great ideas on how to make this whole process a lot smoother. So without further delay, let's go chat with Anne Marie. Hey there, I'm Lauren, and you're listening to the Podcast Manager Show, a podcast for podcast managers. Each week we cover the technical and tactical aspects of running a profitable podcast manager business. With over 90,000 new shows starting each month, podcast managers are in demand. I mean, in demand. And I'm here to help you land your dream clients while reaching your monthly income goals without working like crazy. Are you ready? Let's get to today's episode. Anne Marie, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about podcast pitching because this is such a complimentary service to your more traditional podcast management services. And it's something that you're really focusing on. So thank you for being here to talk about it and to help some of us that are maybe maybe new podcast managers or just looking for a kind of a different spin on our services so that we can we can get better at podcast pitching.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me here. Um, So my name is Anne-Marie. I'm actually a student in your program. So really what started it all was back in 2019. I enrolled in Michaela's course, Overwhelmed, Overbooked then. And I tried doing all the things that most VAs or new VAs try to do when they first start an online business. And I really, really liked Pinterest management at the time. I like creating the pens. I like creating the strategy. And then things changed a little bit once 2020 hits. So as we all know, COVID happened. And what happened was I took a a little pause away from doing Pinterest management client work, and I focused heavily on helping build my um, family's social media presence for a mental health brand that was created based out of COVID, actually prior to that. And it really, really grew exponentially in a short period of time. And a lot of that was attributed to COVID and people trying to reach out for mental health resources. One of the things I did to help with my family, which is the three of us, is I was like pretty much like behind the scenes, coordinating guest appearances on the platform, collaboration efforts, and content sharing efforts with brands and artists. It was a lot of fun. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And then, you know, we just grew organically. There was no paid ads. There was nothing like that. Towards the end of 2020, the very beginning of 2021, I decided to step away from that because ironically, my mental health was compromised a little bit with that. There was a lot of burnout between supporting that uh, my, my family's nonprofit and then also working full time because I do work a full time job but i still wanted to do something that was purposeful and something i really enjoyed doing one of the things i really really love are podcasts i always have i love learning i that, that's pretty much my consumption of everything i just listen to podcasts and i have for years mm-hmm. so i try to figure out what is a way that i can kind of do what I, what I was already doing with our family's nonprofit but for podcasting and not for social media because that was another thing because i was so entrenched in social media that also kind of made me not want to be a service provider in that space. So i pretty much just jumped right in and i self-taught myself on the podcast pitching side because i am in sales in, during the day like my day job i've been in sales like my, my entire adult career and i have to pitch to clients, right? So it's it's really like a sales skill. Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah. And you're like behind the scenes in a way, and you're helping others gain visibility in a different platform. That's actually a platform that's grown exponentially in size since COVID, since 2020. Mm-hmm. And it's just a different way to get people out there, their stories shared, their brand. You know, that brand awareness part of it is is important, and that's kind of like how I started. One of the challenges I found when I got into this is that, and especially being in your program, because I I joined your program because I wanted to learn all the other things about podcast management and using that as an additional service offering instead of just pitching, but pitching is my my main service, Mm -hmm. is that... I knew or I seen that there was a lot of podcast managers that don't include podcast pitching, maybe mm-hmm. guest management, but not the pitching part as a main offer or even offer it at all. Because it's time consuming. There's a lot of research involved. You have to listen. You know, listening is also a skill too. You have to have, create these workflows, follow-ups. And a lot of times there's just really no cadence. And that even goes the same for a podcast host looking to pitch themselves. So that's kind of like how I started and where I'm at right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for sharing that. And I, I totally agree that some some of the reason that you know a freelancer doesn't, I think, dive into podcast pitching, or they do. Maybe their clients like, hey, can you can you do some podcast pitching for me? And then they you're, they don't have these systems in place, and it's kind of monotonous, and like the research piece of it, not everybody loves. And so yeah, they kind of fall by the wayside. So I hope that's one of the things that we can we can help people with is making it a little bit easier, or not necessarily easier, because I don't necessarily want to act like any of this is easy, but just smoother so that you can have processes and you can get into a good rhythm. Uh, But before we dive into that, I would love to know, since you're doing kind of podcast management and podcast pitching, are you mainly working with podcasters who want to be on other podcasts? Or are you also working with just anyone that wants to appear on a podcast?
1: I'm actually focusing on podcasters who want to be on other podcasts so they can grow their show.
0: Mm, love it. Yeah, and we know that getting on another show is such a effective way to grow your own podcast because you're talking to podcast listeners. Yes. And when you're talking to the right people, they're like, oh, I can just go and listen to this other show with this awesome guest that I just listened to. Yes, it's an easy yes.
1: It is, and... You're in front of a different type of audience that may just timing is everything, right? So a lot of times what I've told my clients is whenever we're looking at different shows to pitch is okay, let's stay in your zone of genius. You may be like a business coach, for an example, but we don't just want to just pitch all business podcasts, because maybe there's a a mother, and you know, depending on what where their their niche kind of lies. Maybe there's a mother listening to a show about organization or something that you're that's your zone of genius. And they happen to just be listening to, you know, show ABC that you wouldn't think would be a business podcast, but that business owner or whatnot is listening to that show and they get you. So it's like a totally different platform.
0: Yeah, because your your ideal person that you're trying to attract they've got many sides to them and when you when you understand that those many sides to them and maybe what other type of podcast they could be listening to then you can tap into you know potentially being on those shows and when you can find those really great combinations of like oh my ideal listener is going to be there I'm going to be able to provide value it makes sense for the show then it's just like a match made in heaven
1: oh absolutely I love it. I love it when that happens. And especially whenever I pitch and I get those acceptances, like, yes, it's
0: like, oh, yeah, yeah, Yeah. this is so cool. (laughs) Totally. So what is one of the harder things about podcast pitching? We mentioned, you know, research and, and things like that. But what are some of the things that you maybe experienced earlier on in podcast pitching that you then had to kind of figure out an easier way of doing it?
1: I think the biggest challenge was having no. There's like no cadence or no strategy, no workflow. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people, when they think about podcast pitching, like let's say a lot of them are trying to do it themselves. They're taking a DIY approach. They're bootstrapping their way to to get a pitch off the door, and you know it's not just something as easy as let me just type this email, find an email address, and let's just throw it and see what sticks. There's actually Having a workflow in place has helped me when I first started out to create, I like I said, this cadence to go from point A to point Z to so the whole life cycle of one pitch to make it easy. And I've kind of stuck to that and made it more of like of a routine. So that way I can manage my time more effectively because there's those when you don't really have a structure or workflow in place, you can kind of go down a rabbit hole, especially when it comes to the research side of it, like finding out what shows. You could spend hours and hours and hours and maybe get a list of five mm-hmm. of, of your favorites. And then you have to do all the other stuff to kind of, you know, now you have to really stand out. So now you got to create your pitch. So without having a workflow in place, it can be really, really challenging you for trying to do it yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it, it makes me think of like whenever I do <laughs> real research, when I'm trying to think of new reels oh, yeah. to do, it's like, you know, I can spend if I'm not focused, I can spend hours thinking of ideas. Okay, not maybe not hours, because I just don't have the, <laughs> the patience for that. But like, way too much time. That's how research is, right? You go down these little, you know, rabbit holes, and you're like, wait, I, I could have, if I would have been focused and I, if I would have known exactly what I wanted to look for is kind of what I feel like you're saying, then I can get it done just more streamlined.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, if you kind of have that, if you kind of go into it with intentionality, mm-hmm. then I think that's where you're going to get the most results because like like you, I'm the same way when it comes to reels. I'm yeah. literally spending, it feels like hours. And <laughs> it does.
0: I got nothing done. It adds done. up. <laughs> it adds up to hours. It's oh, it does. Not hours sure. in one sitting maybe, but yeah. yeah. Um, now, so what are some of your favorite ways to research and find shows that are going to be a good match for your clients?
1: So believe it or not, I really like using okay. podcast directories. Mm-hmm. So one of the tools I use a lot for show research and just, there's just, there's a lot of them out there, but I use matchmaker.fm. That is a site that as a podcast, if you're a podcast host, or you don't even have to have a podcast to be a host too. So if you're just looking for guest appearances, because maybe you're an author of a book or whatever, you could go there. But I like it because you could create like your own profile. So for example, if I'm working with the client, I'll create the profile for them. And I'll have some of their talking points of some of the questions they can be asked because some... Shows will say, you know, what kind of questions you want us to ask. Well, they already see those questions ahead of time when they're looking for guests. Mm -hmm. But what I like about it is that not only can you go in there and you can have conversations with different hosts looking for guests, but you can actually filter it looking for shows specific to a geographic location. Mm, So if you're, yeah, so if you're like, you're in the US and you you type in a keyword or whatnot, and you find your category of of where you want to pitch into, get all these shows, then you're like, you know what, this one's in um, the UK or maybe the time zone is a little bit different. It's not going to fit you. So you can mm-hmm. literally streamline it, filter it down to the category, that the podcast category, as well as the geographic location and the language too. So that's one. So I like using that. And I've actually gotten some good responses from that. And then sometimes we'll take it outside of the, the platform and communicate via email and you know, just go through that process. Another one is if you are in Facebook, there's a lot of groups out there. And one of my favorites is the podcast collaboration Facebook page. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a couple of them, but I think that's the main one because you're in there and you can start building relationships with people who are looking for podcast uh, guests to be on their show. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of them in there that are like newer. So if a client doesn't mind being on a newer show, which is not a bad idea, right? Uh, then that's a good way to kind of get your foot in the door. Um, what I found that's helpful when you're in there because there's a lot of activity is to save the post. So if you're scrolling, you don't want to scroll for hours, then again, doing this with intention, you go and save the post of a potential like, oh, I like this one. So I'm going to go back to it later and apply or do whatever that that host asked you to do. Mm -hmm. So then you save it in your collection. So then on the day that you're looking to pitch, then you could go back and allocate that time to go back and look at that. So you're not doing it one at a time. And again, wasting time.
0: Yeah. Now, whenever you're using these directories, and you have multiple clients, just your personal workflow, do you go in and research just for one client? Or are you thinking about all your clients like while you're maybe looking at these threads of these people that are looking for guests?
1: Well, it depends. It depends on the client. So if I'm working with a client that generally... So I like working with like intuitive podcasters, like intuitive businesses, coaches, heart center type clients. So generally Mm -hmm. they're looking to be within the same shows I'm researching. So if I'm working with a client who, and this has happened before, um, it's it's business, business, productivity. And then I have one that's in digital marketing and entrepreneurship in the mail space. So obviously two different niches there. So Mm -hmm. my mind, my brain likes to think in batching. So I won't wanna like do research for client A over here and client B over here because it's just too much i have to like think differently on how yeah what shows so generally i like to stay and it's easier when you're working with the you know your ideal client right so you're able to kind of batch research so i'll pick certain days within my calendar that i am going to do all the looking for the shows and then another day i'll create the pitches. And then another day I'll send the pitches and then another day I'll do the follow-up. So it's like a whole workflow that I've kind of built for myself.
0: Yeah. I love that. Now you're, you're making me think of how like complimentary really like guest management, which is, just to be clear, because I feel like this is so easy to confuse the guest management is whenever you're helping your your podcast host client, you know, have guests on their show. And right now, we're talking about getting your client on other podcasts. But when you're working with similar types of clients, you then can really like you meet this one person and you're like oh client a would be a really great guest on their show but then this person i just met would be a really great guest on client b's show and it's just like you start meeting people that are similar and can really provide value for one another and it's it just is like you know you can help them all be collaborative together i love that piece of it
1: yeah and then it helps you also create that directory too you know mm-hmm. so if you're going and finding shows Different people use different tools to track who their what their research looks like. Mm -hmm. Uh, But keeping that tool ongoing and cleaned up, categorized, all those things make it easier. So if you're getting another client that's, oh, you know what? I don't have to do all this stuff all over again. I remember back three months ago, we pitched this show over here for this client, got a yes. And I'm going to go pitch them again for client B because I already have all their contact information. So Mm -hmm. I think it's important to keep an ongoing list of all the shows that you're ever, ever going to want to pitch to.
0: And when you say tool, are you thinking like um, tool like Asana, Trello, ClickUp?
1: It could be any of those. It could be a combination. I currently use Asana and I use a Google Sheet for uh, to complement it so it feels like double work but more so the the asana is used for the actual workflow from beginning to end and to communicate with my clients on certain things i need and then i'll use the google sheet to kind of keep that running directory if you will for for my personal
0: yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense because then like you said you you get a new client and you can go and search at people that you already have connections with to see if there's going to be any good matches Yep, absolutely. Yeah, love that. One of the things that you said was that, you know, you can find some newer shows that are looking for guests. And that's one thing that we don't talk about enough, I think, is the fact that people, sometimes they like want to be on shows that have a certain number of downloads or certain following or certain esteem. And being behind the scenes of a show, you know that like, if it's a good show, it's pretty much good from day one. <laughs> you don't need to wait until it has 10 episodes in order to be on it or, t- or 30 episodes or a certain amount of downloads. So I think one of the pieces with like my experience with guest management is finding those those guests or those shows that are good, but they don't have a lot of, you know, clout behind them yet. And are you are you able to find those shows through these directories of like kind of diamonds in the rough? Yes. And in
1: fact, a lot of those shows are in the directories. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to see a high profile show in a directory like that. Most of them are going to be small or new in size or in the medium range. And when I say medium, uh, 100 episodes or less. Uh, There's a whole bunch of other tools out there. There's one in particular. I'm going to give them a plug. Um, I'm not an affiliate for them, but they're called Podcast Hawk.
0: Okay, I haven't heard that. Yeah,
1: you could actually go in and and do a free trial, but it's really, really cool because um, what this tool does is allows you to do a a search based using like Boolean. So you can do find a show with the description of this word. Mm -hmm. They also need to have so many different, you know, episodes, and they need to have four and a half star review rating, and they need to have their last episode date be et cetera. Because what that does is it narrows down. You get real, real specific on that type of show. And what I liked about that tool is that you don't have to spin your wheels finding all this, finding all these shows only to come to find out they're not even active. So right. you can set it to where their last show was maybe two months ago, just depending on the time of year and what seasons. And they're like, all right, I know that these shows are active. They have 25 episodes, usually 25 episodes or more between 25 and 50. Those are a good starting range. Uh, here's our contact information, their social media handles. You get all of that. It's like basically this this type of service or this portal. They're doing all the heavy legwork. Mm-hmm. You just, you're just providing the information and then you have to make do with that information that you get.
0: Yeah, and that's so nice for the person that you're pitching too, because they're getting some visibility from this, you know, from just being active and having a certain rating and reviews. So yeah, that's that's cool. That's a pretty cool tool. Yeah, it's really cool. Hey there, I wanted to interrupt this episode with a quick message for you. If you are listening to this show, then you are either wanting to become a podcast manager or currently a podcast manager. And I wanted to invite you to my free masterclass where I show you how to become a profitable podcast manager without working more than 20 hours per week. So in this masterclass, I break down what it would look like for you to be making three to 5k per month working as a podcast manager without working more than 20 hours a week. Not only do I break that down, but I also talk about the three myths that I used to believe that was keeping me away from being a profitable podcast manager and that you might be believing as well. That and I share all the details about my podcast manager program. So if you're interested in learning more, learning the three myths that might be keeping you away from becoming a profitable podcast manager, or you just want to see what does it take to be a profitable podcast manager, then grab a seat to my masterclass. I would love to see you there. Just head to laurenwrighton.com forward slash masterclass, and it'll show the next available time. Okay, awesome. That is it. Go sign up for the masterclass. I cannot wait to see you there. Let's get back to the episode. So you mentioned, you know, the pitch email and templates and things. What are some of the like small tweaks that we can make in our pitches to help our clients stand out? Because there are, you know, a lot of clients that, or a lot of people that we're pitching, they might be getting, you know, five pitches a day or more. Um, or who knows? You know, we, we don't know. So how can we help our clients stand out from other pitches that they might be receiving?
1: Yeah, this is a good one. I like this question because it's so true. So many podcast hosts are getting so many pitches. I've seen some myself and I'm like, I don't even think you even heard the show. My <laughs> right. Client, you know, like, I don't know where you came from. So common. But, <laughs> so I think what stands out is for me, I'm all about templates, right? To make time freedom. So typically what I'll do is I'll start out with Gmail templates. I have a template for everything. And in that template, is like three topics, your three topics that you're going to talk about. And I have it based on here's a how-to, here's a journey topic, here's Mm -hmm. a a mindset topic, because all shows are looking for some aspect of storytelling. Mm -hmm. And here are some subtopics sprinkled in underneath that main topic. So I have it all built out in this this email template. So if I find a show, I'll go and delete out all the, the copy that's not relevant and I'm going to keep it at that one topic with its subtopics. But I think that if you're able to put in there like in one sentence, after you said this is the topic I'd like to talk about and here, the subtopics is to talk about what their listeners are going to get, get out of it. Like what is a listener takeaway? Mm-hmm. That's one. I would say keep your pitches short, but punchy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And make sure you listen <laughs> to at least some of the show and make references to that. And then another thing you can do to stand out is I know not a lot of people have media one sheets or anything like that, but you can actually go and create a Spotify playlist of other interviews that you've been on. Mm -hmm. And then you can reference that into the pitch so they can actually go and hear how you sounded Mm -hmm. during that interview, what your interview style looks like. And then, you know, you can get super fancy. And if you have a website, you can embed that media player on your website. So if you have like a... That's cool. A gated page that you only want to share to podcast hosts as part of your your media kit or whatnot, you can embed that player in there. That's one thing. Another thing is you can actually create your own audiogram. So take a snippet from an interview that you've done, create an audiogram using Headliner or whatever tool that you want to use. And then you could put that as a link, like just like when you like, you could find me here, you're putting all your social links, you can put a snippet in there as to here's my, here's how I sound, here's here's a snippet. And that tends to help too. Yeah. I've heard of also people doing videos, short videos of their pitch basically, is they're pitching themselves talking, <laughs> which I found that's pretty cool too.
0: Yeah. Now the, the videos that you've seen for that, are they usually custom to the client? Or sorry, not to the client. Are they custom to the person they're pitching? Or is it more of like a general, like, hey, thanks so much for considering me to be your guest. I'd love to talk about like, or is it like more general?
1: It's like exactly just like what you just said. So a lot of it's general, especially if they're doing a lot of pitches, you don't want to record every single. So if you're, if you're pitching the same type of podcast and the messaging is going to be the same, because you can always talk about the same topic across 10 different podcasts, it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. Then you could just create that specific, like, I know I'm going to pitch these 10 shows and I want to talk about five tools that you can use to make podcast pitching simpler for you. Okay. Then I can go and do that video, mention that, make it seem like it's really catered. Right. But I'm really right. sending it to 10 of the same type of show.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you can, like you said, if you have three topics that you you pitch for your client, you have this how-to topic, you have this journey topic, you have a mindset topic, then then the client could record a video perhaps on each of those. So yes. it's catered, but it's not a hundred percent personalized.
1: Correct. Yeah, yeah. You have, there you go, you have your templates. Here's my, here's my mm-hmm. video for this topic, this topic, and this topic. And then you could just repurpose that across all your pitches.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I also wanted to to bring up what you said about the subtopics. So you know you when you pitch a topic for a client, you say like, oh, I want to talk about the five tools to make podcast pitching easier. Even if you think that's super clear what that could be, the person receiving the email might be like, but what would that really be about? They might still have a lot of questions or they've done topics like that in the past. And they're like, "Okay, it seems different, but is it actually going to be different? So I think giving like those bullet points is so such a good idea because then you clarify what are some actual things that that would be discussed and they don't necessarily need to be linked to each other. These bullets, they could just be like, Oh, you know, we could talk about this. We could talk about this. And then it gives the person receiving the email a lot more like idea of what is unique about your client's message.
1: Bingo. Exactly. And that's why I include it. So like when I sent your pitch and I said the five must have tools to use for podcast pitching at the same time. Again, very general. So what does that really mean? Give me some Mm -hmm. more, right? Mm -hmm. So creating um, how creating a workflow and a project management tool can do this and this and this zero cost tools and platforms to use for show research and engagement. You know, I had three little miniature topics because you could come back as a host and say, you know what, I really like this, but let's really focus in on the small tweaks to make, make, uh, you stand out in a pitch because you could talk about that all day long, yeah. just that alone. So mm-hmm. it gives the hosts or not, they don't feel like they're pigeonholed as I'm going to talk about this and this only. Mm-hmm. So it kind of right. gives a host that ability to kind of say, you know what, cool, but maybe we should focus on this part of that topic.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. And then you, the person pitching on, ha- on behalf of your client, you then can kind of cover more, ground like you it's like you can put different nets out there and say oh this is the topic I want to talk about that I think would be the best for the show but here are subtopics and you in your you're kind of taking a gamble that one of those will be attractive to the person receiving the email not just the one that you like the main topic that you're sending yep
1: absolutely yeah And then you have like that takeaway, like the listeners walk away from this conversation with light bulb moments, da, 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 da. So um, I think that that type of a pitch works pretty well.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. I, one of the questions I get a lot when it comes to this type of like podcast pitching or, or guest management is how much should I talk up my client and how much should I focus on the listeners, you know, that are going to be hearing the message? Like, should I, I, I personally get a lot of um, pitches that are like all about how amazing the guest is. Yes. They've done this, they've done that. And it's like, okay, great. But why does this matter to me? So wh- wh- how do you balance those two things of giving your client the the notoriety that they deserve, but also making it like connect with the person receiving the email?
1: Yeah, that's a good question because um, I see a lot of pitches too that are like all about them and nothing about the listener which is great, you know, but I don't think it's a resume either A pitch. So you're not trying to like get a job, land a job, You're you're trying to land an interview so you could share your value across, you know, the different audiences and whatnot. So I always like to keep it almost like it's personable, but talk a lot about like, you already know what their listeners challenges are and why they're listening to That show to begin with, and Mm -hmm. kind of you know like I can help your listener like make it all about the listener first, and then maybe towards the end of the pitch say oh and by the way, here's who I am and here's what I do, Mm -hmm. and you know just make it short, short and concise, and that's where your your media kit can come in and speak for itself if you have one, but really just make it all about the show, the host and their listener, and not about you and what you want to provide. Like, even if it's like your free offer, I want to offer my free course or whatnot, you know, save all that to the end, if at all,
0: you know? Yeah. I like that way of thinking of it is that you're saying like, oh, I, I know that your listeners, because I've done my research, I know that your listeners would really benefit from this, or I, I believe that they would benefit from this conversation. And and then here's why I'm qualified. Here's why my client is qualified to speak on it. I like that way of thinking of it. Yeah, absolutely. Now one thing that I wanted to ask you was what is a common I don't know if common is the right word but what's what's a success rate that we could expect as as people that are going to pitch podcasts how many you know emails that do we need or not emails but how many people do we need to send a pitch to in order to get a yes
1: That's a really good question too because I get asked that a lot like oh, so can you guarantee me to be on a show? And the answer is always no, right? We all know that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's quality over quantity, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. You can send a pitch to 20 shows or 50 shows. And I don't know how people do that, like in a week. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's like throwing spaghetti. It's like one of those throwing spaghetti on the wall and see what sticks. So what I have seen and what I have done is... I generally do about 10 shows a week. No, excuse me, 10 a month. So there's not even that many. And it, and it's really dependent on the availability of the host, you know. Right. Like they yes. may only have time for two shows a month or one show a month or four a week. I had one client that says, give me on all of them. I'll do four a week. I'm like, okay. So I need to pitch a lot of shows to, you know, because it's a numbers game. Yeah. But even if you pitch a small amount my acceptance rate has been around 20 to 30%. Wow! So typically I get two to three yeses in a month out of 10 shows. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't have to be that hard. Like I think a lot of people think, oh, I have to pitch a hundred shows to get 10% conversion, uh, 10 shows. You don't have to. It's just all about the connections that you've made, how you present yourself and also how you connect with the host In other avenues, like, just don't send a pitch, but maybe go and follow them on their social. And that's one of the things I do too, is I'll go on their their stories and I'll comment on a poll that they've done and kind of keep communication that way. Because then they recognize you. Oh, I got a pitch from this girl. I know her. I know her. She's on Instagram.
0: Yeah. So are you, when you're engaging with them on Instagram, are you doing that from your, you know, Anne-Marie account? Or are you doing that from your client's account?
1: I'm actually doing it from my account because. I want them to see me as, a, you know, almost like an agency. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's another thing, too. It's one of the things I'm kind of in a process of rebranding myself. So I'm actually going to create my own micro agency mm-hmm. because podcast hosts, they know that they're going to get pitches from agencies and they're going to get pitches from individuals themselves. But even if I'm not, my client is not a fit for their show, maybe they were like, hey, do you know anybody that?" Could be a fit for my show if client A maybe they reach out to me like down the road, right? Because right. this is my business, and that's mm-hmm. I always represent myself as working on behalf of a client um, versus me pretending I'm them writing a pitch.
0: Yeah, that, that's a that's another good thing to bring up is is if the pitch should be from should seem as if it's from your client or should it seem or should it be from written from. Anne-Marie on behalf of your client. So you're saying you write it from Anne-Marie on behalf of a client.
1: Yeah, and I've tested both. I've done it both ways and I've gotten equal amount of responses either way. But I think if you're representing yourself as work on behalf of, and if your pitch is you know pretty spot on, it's not a pitch that you just put together and send it out to everybody. And the host will know, you know right away what kind of pitch it's going to be. And they see that it's coming from somebody else, whether it's a VA, an agency, whoever outside of the client, they know, wow, this client, it's almost like you're a guest, you want to do appearances, you're busy, you have a business, you don't have time pitching yourself. Like that's not your zone of genius.
0: Yeah. Your zone of
1: genius is being a, you know, a course creator.
0: Yeah. Delivering the content.
1: why are you wasting all your time sending pitches? Hire somebody to do it for you. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's my thought process on it.
0: Totally. And I think in this space, in this like po- the podcast pitching, people don't think like, oh, they don't they don't even take the time to send me the pitch themselves. Like no one, no one is thinking that. They're like, oh great. They, you know, they have this person on their team that's nailing this pitch who totally knows what to look for. And so I agree. And what you were speaking to earlier of kind of, you know, branding yourself as an agency is great because then it like once you make a connection with someone, a podcast host, then it's so much easier. They can, they'll trust you. So when they said, when you send them a pitch, they're like, okay, I know anne has my best interest in mind. She's not going to be sending me all these random pitches. She's only going to send me stuff that really makes sense. So they're going to be more likely to open your email because you have, you've kind of built a relationship with them. Yep, absolutely. 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love that. Okay, Anne-Marie, before we wrap up, I'd love to know, are there any other tools that you've found along the way that have helped you with this podcast pitching process?
1: Yeah, and actually I have two of them. So the first one I'm going to reference is, it's actually a Chrome extension called Go Go Full Page. Mm -hmm. And I think this is important because whenever it comes to pitching, it's not all the time that you're going to be pitching via email. You're going to be filling out an application. Mm-hmm. And what I've noticed is when you're filling out the application and some of them can be super long and then you're filling it all out and then you hit that send, you don't get a copy of... Yeah, It just says, thank you. Have a great day. We'll be in touch soon. And then you're like, I for, what if they reach out? I totally forgot. Like, <laughs> I totally forgot what I said I was going to talk about. So mm-hmm. if you actually you know, take that screenshot. It does a whole full page of that. It's a free tool. You can save it in your, you know, your folders, communicate that with your client. That way, when the time does come and they do accept your pitch, you're going to know exactly what you filled that on that application.
0: Mm -hmm. So you're saying you, you know, you take a screenshot of the form, but it's actually going to get the entire form that you filled out, not just what you see on the screen.
1: Yep, just it's going to do the whole thing, gotcha, not just what gotcha. you see on the screen.
0: Yeah, yeah, love that. Yeah,
1: the thing has been a lifesaver. And then I usually use that for confirmation for a book scheduled to show. Mm-hmm. So I get a lot of emails, and I'll put that in the folder because I create like a specific. These are all the things you need to know for this particular show. And I upload that all into the folder. So that's a really good tool. Mm-hmm. The other one is, and I heard this. I forgot where I heard this, but. Pretty links. Mm -hmm. So if you use pretty links, it's like you can like shorten cloak and track and share. So if you have a lead magnet and you want to know, like, I I had these people sign up for my free masterclass, but I don't know where they came from, then you could create that as a pretty link. Use that whenever, you know, you're giving that out for show notes to be that link to be put in the show notes so you can actually track who signed up for your masterclass based on your podcast interviews.
0: So you create a new pretty link for each podcast appearance. So, you know, if I was on your show, then I would create a new pretty link for my masterclass that was like laurenwrighton.com forward slash Anne Marie. And then I, the people that went to that pretty link, I would know, okay, those, those are all the people that signed up for my masterclass and found me through my interview with Anne Marie. Yes. Okay. Okay. And so then you could see what type of shows are really like getting you leads to your free or paid service. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Love that.
1: And a lot of bloggers use that as well. So if you're already Mm -hmm. blogging or you're having your, um, it's good for SEO. So if you already have pages, a podcast page, it's going to make things a lot more easier to track.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to be clear to everyone, Pretty Links is a WordPress Plugin, so you do have to do you you, I believe you have to have wordpress in order to use it is that your understanding I think so yes Mm -hmm. yeah so obviously there's other there's other things too there's like bit.ly and tiny url I think is another one so there's other options if you if your client has like a squarespace website or maybe doesn't doesn't have a website or something else
1: yeah I didn't even think about bit.ly but yeah you could probably do the same with bit.ly as well Mm -hmm.
0: yeah awesome love those two things This has been so good. I I think that this will be really helpful to people that are either considering doing podcast pitching or maybe they're maybe like their client just asked them, hey, can you start doing this? And and they listen to this episode. They're like, okay, perfect. I have a I have an idea of what of what are some tools that I can use so I can get started. How can the listeners connect with you after the show?
1: Yeah, so right now they can connect with me on Instagram. That's where I'm hanging out right now. So my handle is at Anne Marie is social, but it's Anne Marie A-N-N-M-A-R-I-E. And then there's underscore is underscore social. We can link all of the stuff I'm referencing in the show notes too. Yeah. Hang out with me over there, send me a DM you can send me an email at hello at annemarietamarowski.com. I also have a website www.annemarietamarowski.com. And uh, yeah, those are the best ways that
0: you can find me. Awesome. Thank you so much, Anne Marie. this has been great. And I know um, everyone's going to love this episode.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: This was fun. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Come connect with me over on Instagram at Lauren Wrighton or in the Podcast Manager Mastermind Facebook group. And let me know what you liked about this episode. I love, love, love hearing your guys' feedback and what is resonating with you. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at laurenwrighton.com. Special thanks to my amazing podcast manager, Marcy Page on producing this episode. Alright, that's it. Until next time, I'll be cheering you on.